Patrick Kamiski. I'm joined today by Aaron Parpert. And guys, football season is here. I mean, I don't think there's ever been more excitement in Chicago leading into a football season than I can certainly remember in my time, in my lifetime. Aaron, I'm sure that is the same for you. This city is buzzing. We're driving home from work today. The skyline was lit up. Uh, blue and orange. Everyone here is ready for the Bears. We're anticipating a Super Bowl run. We're here ready to talk about week one, Green Bay week. Aaron, how excited are you and how are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I am. uh, I am fantastic. I have, like you said, I have never been more excited for a season ever in my lifetime. You know, it's great to see all the fans out there. I was out this weekend with the wife multiple times, I will say, multiple times at the Fall Fest in a town nearby, uh, Frankfurt by us. And I have never seen so many people head to toe in you know, in Bears gear like myself. I mean, I may have worn White Sox one of the days. Uh, got some, some cheers for that one, too, even though people are like, they still suck. Uh, but hey, you know what? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Baseball divides this city, Comiskey, but this Chicago Bears team brings this city together. We are ready for a Super Bowl run, and it is starting in a couple hours with the Green Bay Packers' demise. What do you think? What do we got? I'm I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to run through a wall. I think <laughs> right right now we're looking at about 42 to 41 hours until kickoff Ooh. as we record right now it can't get here any sooner we've had we had you know a good amount of stuff coming on even just in the lead up in these last two days today we have the unveiling of the uh, George Hallis and uh, Walter Payton statues outside of Soldier Field so you know if you're heading down to Soldier Field at any point this season that is certainly something to go check out those statues whoever designed them you know kudos Spot to them. those things were beautiful Absolutely beautiful. Well-deserved statues, my friend. Uh, I'm so happy to have those out there, especially this season with the 100th season of the Chicago Bears. I mean, as you said, about 42, 41 hours. Do you have a countdown going over there, my friend? Yeah, I think I'm going to (laughs) start one, and I think... I think my phone should just self-destruct as kickoff happens. Like there should just be some grand ceremony for this thing coming together. But, you know, as, as we tickle it down, you know, the excitement just grows and, you know, you're just sitting there hoping you're hoping for a win. You're hoping that the, what happened in week one last year, nothing even remotely close happens to that, but we'll try and remain positive. We won't bring that up because why would you want, no one wants to relive that, but, um, A new year is yeah. 2019, yeah. the 100th season, like I said. So, like you said, we're going to look past that last season and move forward still as the NFC North champions. Don't forget that, NFC North fans. We are still the champions of this division. Get that right and get that straight. Absolutely correct. Those were the old Bears in week one last year, and now we're talking about the new Bears. And as the new Bears have been fo- forming, uh, this week we had – you know, the 53-man roster was stabilized. The practice squad was kind of, 
evened out with some of those guys who just didn't make the final cuts. Uh, the Bears were able to hang on to quite a few of the guys that they did uh, cut off their 53-man roster. So that was kind of nice to see, you know, at least some of these guys do have talent, even though they're not going to be on the everyday roster. It's nice to see that they're still in the organization. They'll still be working with the team. And uh, when injuries do inevitably happen, their, their uh, opportunities will probably come as well. And, you know, injuries, uh, we've seen Trey Burton go down. He is going to be a game-time decision. It's looking probably more so on the side of unlikely that he's going to play on Thursday, but you never know. Um, Yeah, let's dive into that 53-man roster because these are the guys we're going to see on Thursday night against Green Bay. Um, Aaron, what are some of your takeaways from this? Um, I know you did the prediction uh, article and there, I know there was a couple guys that you wanted to make the team that there was a couple of them that did end up not making it. So maybe if you want to dive into that a little bit. You know, what I would say is there was there's a little bit of uh, the surprise element this year. I was very surprised they did keep the four running backs, which, you know, you're Davis, Montgomery, Cohen. And they kept Kareth White, which is a little bit of a surprise because I, I didn't think it was too you know, crazy for me that he was, I I didn't think he did a whole lot. I think we have a lot of speed at running back, but Hey, you know what? They knew what they wanted. They ran with it. I'm fine with it. I would have liked to seen a bigger back and Ryan Nall make it, but that's okay. To me, the surprise of the whole thing was actually, uh, the fact that they cut James Vauders, but you know, that played into their hand. Okay. Uh, you know, they went and he was still, he's still on the practice squad. So, you know, in the end, that's, that's fine. Um, you know, but this, this team, you didn't need to do much. You know, I hit the nail on the head with your defensive backfield a little bit. You kept five safeties and five cornerbacks. Um, you know, you still kept, you know, you only kept the two quarterbacks, just like everybody, you know, wanted chase out of the picture and, you know, everybody wanted to keep, you know, uh, Tyler Bray around, which we did yet again, he's sitting on the practice squad. So, that's all fine and dandy. Um, yeah, I mean, the team looks looks fine to me. I, I wasn't shocked too much. Um, you know, they gave up on Kylie Fitz. Um, that one, you know, let him walk, and I think he ended up getting picked up by Arizona. So, but the rest of the roster, I I think was pretty. Oh, I was surprised. Were I was a little surprised too, Comiskey. Were you with uh, the fact that they didn't keep Alex Bars around at all? Yeah, I did think that one was at least somewhat interesting because when you looked at a lot of these prediction um, articles, you know, you obviously wrote yours and then you had, you know, Adam Hogue and uh, Adam Johns writing theirs as well. And I want to say just about everyone had Alex Bars kind of penciled into the roster and then all of a sudden he's he's not on it. Um That is a little surprising to me. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, it is only 53 guys, and there is a lot of talent on this roster. So, you know, there's going to be some tough decisions to make. Like you said, too, with with Vodders not making the roster, I think that one was a bit of a surprise, too. They decided to go with the veteran Aaron Lynch over him, which I'm completely fine with. I thought Aaron Lynch in the spot in his limited – you know, rotation plays last year was pretty decent. And, you know, if Leonard Floyd stays healthy and Khalil Mack stays healthy as well, that's not really a position that you're going to rotate in that much. I think both those guys are capable of staying on the field quite a bit, and both of them are capable in playing and running situations as well. Um, So, you know, you always want to have depth all around, but outside linebacker isn't necessarily one of those question marks where they need the depth you know, they're only going to need it if there's injuries. So I think keeping a veteran around like Aaron Lynch is never a bad thing. Um, I think people were looking to write him off and I just didn't see it. I thought he was, I thought he was okay last year. And you know, Wait, that's all you, you really were need. writing him off. You were writing him off like everybody else on Twitter was there. No, no? no. Oh you know. man. You weren't on the who cut Aaron Lynch train. Cause he played in the second quarter of the last preseason game for four <laughs> plays. Oh, he's definitely getting cut. We're keeping Vaughters. He's taking his butt up. Shut up. Yeah, oh, man. See, that... Everyone just always has these high hopes for the young guys. Like, they're just automatically going to step in and be good because they're young. Like, that's not necessarily the case. Like, you've seen it with Kylie Fitz. Kylie Fitz was young, but he was yeah. awful. There's a yeah. reason 
that he, got he is not on the roster and he goes and he manages to get picked up by a god awful defense yeah. in Arizona. So I mean, you know, it is what it is. You're gonna see these question marks. But um yeah, and I think that that's pretty much you know, that pretty much can sum up your fifty three man roster. I mean, it's just the Bears are a deep team. The Bears are a playoff team. They were a twelve and four team last year. A lot of these decisions were already made coming in. Um, you just had those, you know, probably the last four or five spots on that fifty three to iron out and yeah. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy did it. Um so now from a couple question marks to one big question mark, Trey Burton. Let's talk a little bit about Trey Burton. And this is something that's becoming, I would con- consider it quite um, concerning. Uh, Trey Burton looking like he's probably not going to play in week one. Um, he does have a groin injury that they, the Bears are claiming is not related to the sports hernia surgery he had in the offseason, which also kept him out of the playoff game against Philadelphia. Um, Burton had the surgery in the offseason. He comes back in training camp, never really looks 100%. And then after about six days of being active in camp, they decide to shut him down. And now we're looking at Trey Burton missing some regular season games before the season's already begun. Um, To me, this is a huge concern, not only for this game, but for the entire season. The tight end position is not one of those positions of strength that we were talking about. If Trey Burton's not there, you do not have an NFL caliber starting tight end. And, you know, a lot of teams in the NFL don't. Tight end's not really a deep position in the league, but you take Trey Burton away and Adam Shaheen become or Adam Shaheen or Ben Broniker becomes your starter. Uh, that's, that's not great. Um, so what are some of your thoughts regarding Trey Burton? So, I mean, it it is concerning to me, but uh, I've already thrown it out there. Actually, last week on the, you know, calling of the game for Hot Mike, uh, I was telling Buzz because his prediction was that uh, Trey Burton would lead the, you know, team in touchdowns. And he said he thinks it's a, you know, touched or it's a tight end driven, you know, uh, team this year. And I said, well, then if it is, I'm going to say Adam Shaheen's going to lead the team in touchdowns. And as of right now, if Adam Shaheen starts this week, I might sure as shit be right. So, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) that might be terrible take on my side because I don't really believe it. But uh, no, I just, you know, it's concerning. Um, And then the one thing I did want it to mention really quick, just to jump back for a quick second, was the two people that I was excited to see Pat on the practice squad was Thomas Ives and Jesper Horstead. Um, that's a fun thing to see. I'm interested to see where that goes, but you know, it, this, like you said, this team was set up, um, tight end is a concern now if Trey misses, uh, really any time more than this week, let's hope everything's okay. But yeah, it, to me, it gets a little concerning, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep the positive side and hope that everything's all right. You know, I I don't have anything else on that. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, the Bears, they invested a lot in Trey Burton. They gave him um, somewhere between like 20 and 25 million guaranteed in free agency. So, you know, that they were putting a lot of faith in him. And, you know, you can't produce if you're not on the field. And that's something that him and the Bears are going to have to figure out real quick um, because this does look like an offense that where Nagy would like to use his tight end. Um, you seen in that playoff game where um, Shaheen and Shaheen's getting a lot of targets in the game because it appeared that they were going to use Trey Burton quite a bit, and he's out at the last second, and the game plan is running towards that tight end. So, you know, but Nagy's had quite a bit of time to prepare for Burton not to be playing on Thursday. I, me personally, I would expect them to probably lean on the ground game quite a bit on Thursday. Yeah. I think they should. Yeah, they should probably be doing that a lot this year anyways with their plethora of running backs and a really solid offensive line. You can take some of the pressure off Trubisky, put the hands and put the ball in the hands of the runners. You got three that can go. Let them let one of them get hot, you know, and then at that point you just kind of roll with it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, maybe you and here's one. You might see a lot of Bradley so well out there, too, at the tight end spot, especially yeah. if they're going to run the ball. 
he's probably at this point one of your better blocking tight ends just for the mere fact that he is a converted offensive lineman. And, you know, there's a reason that he made this team over Ian Bunting is that, you know, they're probably going to use him in the passing game. You know, he in, or excuse me, in the uh, in the running game. blocking. Yeah. See, and the real quick about bringing up Ian Bunting is what I was going to mention, too, is they stashed him on the IR. Uh, I believe with that concussion or whatever makeshift injury they yeah. wanted to claim that one. Um, or no, sorry, that was Raymond. I'm sorry, not Bunting. Uh, Raymond. Raymond got stashed on the R- IR for whatever it was. But, you know, and, and like you said, you hit it right on the head with the fact that they're prepared to go into this game without him, unlike that Eagles game. Right. This time around, I'm sure they've been preparing. They've kind of at least had their game plan in place, whether that's with him or not. But that brings me to the aspect of if he is out of the game, I would expect a lot of Tariq Cohen coming straight down the middle uh, for some catches. I think it's going to be big for Cohen this week. Green Bay Packers have got awful middle linebackers. They're going to (laughs) attack that weakness. They're going to go after them, even though the boneheaded Green Bay fan base and PFF grade their newest acquisition of BJ, you know, Goodson better than Roquan. Oh yeah. Right. Cause PFF is always correct. Uh, but I think it's going to be big for Cohen catching the ball out of the backfield, you know, run those two back sets to get him out there. Uh, maybe, maybe Nagy gets a little, you know, crafty here this week and puts a little bit of, uh, you know, Patterson lined up in that tight end spot for a little bit. If he needs some yeah. creative juices, but uh, that's that's how I see. They're they're going into this game definitely a hundred percent prepared for no Trey Burton. I, I know that they're you know unless this is a smoke screen and he's really playing and they're throwing everybody for a loop. But I, I that's all I see for that game. Yeah. So you know Nagy's creativity will get uh will get challenged here, and you know he he seems like the guy who's always up for the challenge of that. You'll probably see a, you'll probably see a considerable amount of. Tariq Cohen coming out of the slot as well. Yep. You know, they got weapons. They're going to spread the ball around. Um, losing Burton isn't ideal, but I think I think that's something that they can uh, they can come over, at least for week one. Um, the Packers' defense is improved, but it's still, you know, it's still not at, like, the level of the Bears or anything like that. So, you know, first-year first head coach, there's still a lot to figure out there. The Bears have got to attack them, and uh, we'll see what Nagy can come up with. Um, but now let's, let's kind of dive into this game. Um, it is an important one. Like, you know, this bear schedule doesn't leave a lot of margin for error. Last year, they, last year they had that, you know, they didn't play the toughest opponents last year because they were playing the last place schedule after finishing in last place the year prior. Well, this year they're going to play a first place schedule. They're playing a, a multitude of good teams, a lot of first place teams, you know, you're playing, you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You are playing the Chargers, the Chargers, the New Orleans Saints. You're playing the Eagles. You are playing all the these Raiders. good teams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The Raiders on a neutral field. Um, but you know it, there isn't a lot of room for error. Um, you're playing in a tough division as well. I think a lot of people are expecting Green Bay to have a bounce back year this year. And I kind of am as well. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. Um, Minnesota, if they can figure it out and they can get their offensive line right, they would be a team to watch out for. That was the team that was predicted to win this division last year. There's no reason to think that they can't bounce back. And I don't, me personally, I don't think Detroit is going to be as bad as everyone thinks they're going to be. I'm a big fan of Matt Patricia. I think. I think they had a rough transition year last year. I think they're going to bounce back a lot this year. I think he's going to get that defense right. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what can Matt Stafford really do for that team? Are they deep enough? We'll see what happens. But anyways, yeah, the Bears, you know, they're they're playing a lot of tough games, and I think they start out with two really tough ones here. Green Bay is not a slouch. We know what Aaron Rodgers does against the Bears. Um, you know, we got the stat right here in his career, he's 17 and five against the bears. And honestly, when I seen that, I was, I kind of was like, wow, we actually beat Aaron Rodgers five times. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, Doesn't you know, happen. It, yeah, you know, it's crazy. So 
we know what happened in week one last year. You know, this isn't, I think some people are just expecting the Bears to come in here and roll, and I hope they do, but I don't think that's going to be the case. You you know, they're going to have to come out and give it what they got because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is vengeful, um, and he's he's been hearing a lot of people talk down about him. He's been hearing a lot of people talk about talk down on the Packers. I think he's going to be ready to go, and he's going to want to go back to, you know, how things used to be where he used to beat up on the Bears. going to be a little diff- more difficult for him this time. The defense is... <laughs> formidable so we'll see yeah and very healthy you know so we'll see what happens and then but yeah uh, it, and then one thing that I don't I don't think the Bears can overlook this game either because week two is going to be a tough one as well um you know we've seen the stat and I wrote it in my season my schedule season preview months ago that the Denver Broncos at home at Mile High Stadium since it was built in 2001 in the first two weeks of the season, are twenty-one and one. It should, that is insane. Twenty-one and one, where these teams just come into the regular season and they can't adjust to that thin air in Denver. That's a that is a challenge in and of its own. And then you have Vic Fangio there, who, if there's one person who really probably knows how to expose Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, it's probably Vic Fangio. Yep. So, you know. That just goes into week two might be a really tough one. If you if you lose to Green Bay, you could potentially find yourself staring 0-2 in the face real quick, and then the alarm signs start to flash. So, you know, it just shows how important these games are. You can't give away games like at times they did last year. You gotta be you gotta be a hundred percent all the time. You know, I was gonna say I wholeheartedly agree when I I don't like to sit there and put out a prediction as in what the record would be at the end of the year but looking slightly at the schedule and I've said it a lot is these first couple games scare me they have to win these games because yes Denver is a formidable opponent in mile high early in the season and then you walk into week three I know this is jumping ahead quite a bit but you walk into Washington on week three and that's no slouch either, either in Washington. They have a pretty decent defense that you're going to walk in up against in their home stadium. They play well there, especially early in the year. And you're talking off the Bears coming, you know, off of already, you know, being away from home for one week, you know. So you got to win these early games, too, because it only gets tougher this season. Right. And, you know, they're they have one of the hardest traveling schedules. I think they said this is like the first year in a long time that they have like this crazy amount of travel that you can think to the London game. But you know, this is going to be a lot of wear and tear on these guys. So the one thing I wanted to bring up with this week's game that I actually heard a lot in the media this week was, is this whole hoopla of the Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers? Um, back talk where they're not agreeing, disagreeing, whatever it is. Is this all fake? Because could this be some screen that they're trying to put out there that they don't get along and then they're going to come out and they're going to show everybody up, which guess what? That's only going to work for one week. So if you're going to only pretend that you're not getting along, you're only walking into the bears game. Then at that point going, Oh, we don't get along. And then you're going to come out and show them. The Bears are not going to lay around for opponents this year if they have an opportunity to put their goddamn foot on people's throats this year. They are going to do it because they right. will remember last season, as they said in the closing statements of last season. Matt Nagy has shown them the footage of how they reacted to the end of last season. They are not going to forget last season. They are going to fight every chance they get, tooth and nail to show up this will be a very interesting game this week and i'm with you i don't i would love to see them walk out and walk all over green bay i just don't see it happening but this green bay defense still needs to grow together they're a very young defense a very overpaid defense but they need to grow together still so can they match up to this new supposed you know bears offense with all the weapons i i don't know yet uh I just think that it's going to be a very interesting battle. Rodgers is going to be probably running for his life again with a healthy Khalil Mack, a 
healthy Leonard Floyd for the first time in probably what two, three years there, yep. uh, Comiskey. It's crazy. Uh, it's going to be. He's playing for money this year too. Well, at least. Free agent. Well, he's got his fifth year option picked up though. So yeah, right, but he's. This is a contract year for him. So the better he plays, the more numbers he puts right. up, more money more he's going to cash next year. So. Right. Just a little and more real, incentive, not that he needs it, but, you know, that don't and, hurt. Yeah, and real quick off of that train, speaking of money aspects, since we did not cover this, this also happened Saturday. Saturday is a very big, uh, or it was a, was it technically Saturday? But, well, Sunday was technically the Mac anniversary with the uh, one-year anniversary of the Khalil Mac trade. But they also made the big splash this, this weekend, Pat, with the signing of, or the extension of Cody Whitehair, which is good to see. Right. Um, keeping this young offensive line in place, I think you're talking three out of five of your starters, probably four out of five if you count long. But you guys, you got most of your offensive line locked up for like the next three years. That's, Absolutely. That's beautiful. And, I mean, you see what happened in Indianapolis when they didn't put resources into the offensive line. Yeah. The quarterback tired. Yeah, because so, he oh. couldn't, you know, because he was dying every year. Right. But that's nice to see. You've got, you know, you've got this offensive line that's set up you know, to have these at least three pieces in place. Really, the way I look at it is only the right side of your line is going to be something you need to look at in the next several years with Long and Massey. But um, I I digress with that. Let's go back into this Green Bay situation. And I I just can't wait for these next 40-some-odd hours. I know when I hear that music for the Thursday night game, I'm probably going to end up running through the wall my wife is going to be very pissed off at me, but you know what? It's going to be like a gate, uh, you know, a Kool-Aid man situation where I'm going to be like, Oh yeah. And, and I'm just going to be so hyped. I probably won't be able to sleep tomorrow night. Uh, it's like Christmas for all of us yeah. football fans. I, in general, I'm excited football's back, but I'm super excited. This is, this is the first game and it'll, it's going to be a very interesting one. I hope to hell we see, one of our running backs just leap over Adrian Amos and you could just point and laugh at him on the way down. <laughs> um, you know, good luck to his trader ass, but I, I, I have nothing left in this, uh, in this segment for this, you know, situation. Like we said it, you can't take anyone for granted this early in this season at all. Right. Yeah. And if it's just, there's, there's going to be a lot going on with this game. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're kicking off the 100th season in the NFL. You know, they're going to do it up big. Maybe uh, maybe the oh-so-great Roger Goodell will make an appearance. We can only hope. You know um, who is making an appearance, though, Pat? Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler Jay will be there. Jay Cutler will be there. Oh, man. As a, as a fan. As a fan. As a fan. Also, also by the way, just check out Bears on Tap, the Twitter page tomorrow, because it'll be the last day of the, you know, one day left. Just wait to see who the number one player is, because God forbid. It'll be Kobe Harvey. That's not funny. <laughs> That's not funny, because if you put that gif up, or I put that gif up, I think people might blow up on that one. Yeah, they might lose followers. Yeah, you might lose some people on that one. I just The one thing I wanted to say, speaking of quote-unquote kicking this off um they also announced today that eddie panero is officially the kicker going into week one ah shocker we didn't think that one was coming um i'm excited i just want to remind everybody though just just remember he's a kicker he is going to miss kicks i think i saw a stat robbie gold was 21 for 27 his first year with the bears remember he's gonna miss I don't care if this kid misses, if it doesn't matter. Now, if he misses to win us a game or lose us a game, whatever it is, then I'm going to care. But he's going to miss kicks. Kickers do that. So let's just not jump off the ledge when he does. Stand by him just like this team will, because that is the most important aspect of this, is to make sure he gets his head on right and make sure he doesn't hit the goddamn field goal post multiple times. Because I don't know if I've ever seen that in my lifetime. And you never will again, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the big thing with Pinero is whatever his first kick is, hopefully it's an extra point. But let's say his first kick's a field goal. A lot of pressure on the guy. You're going to imagine there's going to be an eerie silence in the stadium 
because everyone's just everyone's on edge with this kicker thing, rightfully so. And there's it's going to be a weird silence. And if he misses, there's going to be animosity in the crowd. There's going to be uneasiness in the crowd. So just making whatever his first kick is, making that kick is a big deal. It'll it's going to go a con- long way, right? It'll give him confidence. It'll get the fans into the game. It'll get the fans on his side. And it's going to be very important. And I think it's going to be interesting to see now the Bears, let's say the Bears are in a fourth down situation and you're looking at, you're staring a 53-yarder in the face. Are you letting him kick it? I would say you probably should because that's what he's getting paid to do. He showed you in the preseason he can make it. But I think that there could be an argument against that as well where you kind of want to ease him into this thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are important games. All these points matter. Everything matters. So I think that's just something that (laughs) that's going to be a storyline throughout the entire season unless he lights the world on fire and no longer makes it a story. Um, But, yeah, his first kick is going to be... Like it's gonna be like the the Super Bowl. It's gonna be weird. Yep. See, the thing I was gonna say is like you said, if you're in a fourth, you know, fourth down situation, and it is a fifty-three yarder, I think I would err on the side of caution. If it's just first attempt in you know Soldier Field, I would err on the side of caution and play the you know field uh, possession game, and I would just I would just let that roll out. I pray for two of our on tap buddies. Buzz and Juice will be at the game. They will also be tailgating in the South Lot this week. Um, just throwing that out there for all Bears fans. Make sure you go check them out. Um, I pray to God that uh, those two do not have to be in the end zone, that he kicks his first attempt into if it misses, because I'm sure uh, you might see one of them jump over the barrier. Uh, but Yeah, they're right. <laughs> Yeah, I could just see Buzz running out on the field, yelling and screaming and seeing them drag off his you know, his ass out somewhere else. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I, it's like you said, I believe it's going to be so quiet that night when that yeah, first kick it, comes it's, up. It's going to be eerie for sure. And I'm just you- hoping, I'm just hoping that he can, that he can make this a non-story because Absolutely. I'm tired of talking about the kicker. Um, the kickers are always great when you don't have to talk about them. So, yep. I mean, other than that, We've de- we've talked about the kicker enough throughout the offseason, so <laughs> let's talk about some let's talk about some important players on both sides of the ball. The key matchups heading into this Packers game. Um, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. This is a defensive town. This is the number one defense in the NFL. Give me one player on that defense who's going to be your key to the game for Week One against Green Bay. I'm going to go, I mean, it's not totally unconventional. Um, I will say Leonard Floyd due to the fact that, you know, Khalil Mack's going to get a lot of attention. And I just think that, uh, you know, this is Floyd's year to shine. It really is. So he needs to shape up, ship up, and start making some noise. Uh, It's a big game for him. You know, I think it's, you know, it could be a Roquan day. I don't want to stay traditional and say, oh, you know, Khalil Mack, he's going to, wreck house and take out obviously we know what he's gonna do i don't need to sit here week in and week out and say khalil max name because we know he's gonna make noise every chance he gets but i think i say floyd with a certain um volume too because he's a packer killer every chance he gets to play whether that's with the club or not the club he makes noise against this team so i want to see leonard floyd go out there on thursday night and sack Aaron Rodgers two and a half, three times. I would love to see that. Put yeah. those numbers up right away. Show everybody you can do something. I'd need a multi-sack game out of him this week. I think so. Yeah. Who, who's your defensive player to watch this week? Yeah, um, and I like that you say Floyd, because if you go back to that Packers game last year, he was in the backfield about 50% of the time. Yep. So we'd like to see him back there. I'm gonna go with I'm going to go with Roquan Smith. For a number of reasons, I think, A, this defense can get to the next level with Roquan Smith going to the next level. We've seen him have a good rookie season next last year. I think he's poised to have a great season this year, all-pro level season this year from, from uh, Roquan Smith. He's going to be the key to this defense, especially how uh, Chuck Pagano likes to play. 
I think you're gonna you're gonna see uh, Roquan Smith barreling down the middle and running after Aaron Rodgers a couple times this week. I would I would feel really confident saying he'll probably register a sack this week, maybe a couple. And you know he's he's all over the field. Speed kills. If there's one thing that can slow down Aaron Rodgers, it's getting his face really quickly. That's something Roquan Smith can do really well. He goes sideline to sideline really well. If the Packers are going to spread the ball around, he now we need to see him as well take the next step mentally and being able to read plays from the line of scrimmage from that middle linebacker spot. Line up the guys around him. I think having Danny Trevathan next to him is huge. That guy is probably the smartest player on the defense some of the most hard on the defense, really underrated. So he just needs to continue to learn from Trevathan, and he can be a game wrecker. Khalil Mack Mack is the biggest game wrecker in the league. Roquan Smith can become that too, especially with the way this defense is going to play itself out. Um, And he can wreak hell on Aaron Rodgers. They can send pressure from all directions. And if he can get in that backfield and register a couple sacks, the Bears are going to be in a real good spot after, you know, when this game wraps up, you know, and I was going to say, I'm glad you bring him up because I saw, uh, you know, an interview this week with Pagano that actually said pretty much that same type of stuff with, you know, they're going to bring him in on some blitzes because Pagano loves how quick he is, but he's, he kind of put a sly comment in there saying, well, don't be surprised if we drop him back in a coverage a little bit too. Cause yeah, I think he's got some decent hands on him. You know, it, it's going to be an does. interesting, you know, it's going to be an interesting, you know, First game for him. Obviously, we all remember his very first play from his rookie season. Walks out there, grabbed himself a nice little sack his first time around on the field. First play, you know, yeah. Yeah, very first play he's out there. It, it, I want to see more of that from Pagano this year with him. And I think, like you said, this could take this kid to a, to an all-pro level. I'm, I'm excited to see that. So um, who do you got now moving from the defensive side of the ball to the offensive side of the ball. Who do you think is going to be the uh, key to success slash like key matchup guy this week? Yeah, it's all, it's, it's too easy to say Trubisky, even though he's the (laughs) correct answer. Um, Like Mitch has to be good. You know, he, he's gotta be good. He's gotta be better than he was last year. The accuracy has to get better. Um, But I'll, I'll sway away from the easy answer and I'm going to go with Allen Robinson because I think Robinson had a good year last year, but I think they need him to step up and really just establish himself as that number one guy. And I think he's completely capable of it. He's a guy who can just do a little bit of everything. He can take the top off the defense. He's a good red zone target. He helps move the chains a lot. I think he just needs to be just a little bit better and if he can really establish it and if he can be if he can play to the level where you have to devote um two men in coverage to him you're opening up a whole lot in Matt Nagy's offense uh Adam or excuse me Anthony Miller is going to run wild Tariq Cohen will have all the space in the world Calv or I wish it was Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Riley, Riley Ridley should have some space out there um all those guys yeah you know, everyone, just everyone, the three running backs, you know, uh, Trey Burton's probably not going to play, but, you know, maybe you see Ben Broniker going out there for some routes or Adam Shaheen will stay healthy probably for the whole will, game. will walk to a spot on the field and hope that some hope that the Trubisky gives him the ball. But, yeah, I, I'll go with Robinson just for the sheer fact that I think someone on this offense really needs to step up and be the guy, and I think he's probably – He's got to be the most capable of doing so. You know, and, I, and I, I'm glad you bring up that that matchup because I saw something earlier this week, too, that uh, they asked Adrian Amos what he was most excited about facing off against the Bears, and he said tackling his old college teammate, Allen Robinson. And I chuckled because yeah. I'm like, wow, I hope Allen Robinson just gives him a nice old stiff arm to the face and drops him because it'd be sweet. Um, I do like that matchup. I do agree. I'm going to pick somebody else, but I wanted to say this on Allen Robinson real quick. I want him to be similar. Obviously his numbers of 2016 with Jacksonville were outstanding, but I stand firm and believe Allen Robinson can be a thousand yard receiver for this team this year. 
uh, and have a good amount of touchdowns. Doesn't need to be out of this world, you know, maybe seven, eight, whatever. Uh, he needs to be that guy this year. Like you said, if you get to a point where he is a true number one and gets back to his old 2016 ways after finally being fully healthy now for this year and walking into this season 100% ready, this could be scary. If he gets double covered, you you open everything else up. Um, but my matchup this week, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Tariq Cohen. I know everybody wants the David Montgomery train, and I hope he shows up, and I hope he goes crazy this week. It'd be awesome to see. I just think the matchup up the middle with the, I said it, the abysmal middle linebackers they have, they don't have anybody of any recognition, really. I think Matt Nagy is going to expose that. I think that was supposed to be a Trey Burton exposure this week. It's going to be Cohen instead. Uh, I, Yeah, he's going to be out of the slot a lot. He's going to be coming out of the backfield a lot. He, yeah, You could see him leading the team in receptions this week. He could oh, have he could have ten receptions this week and you know a hundred yards with that and no rushing. I, just get him on the field, get him active. He is too fast for anyone in the linebacking court to keep up with him. And that's that's that. I mean, that's yeah. all I got. That's my ma- matchup on offense this week. That is a great one because when you look at the Packers, that is where their hole is at is in the middle of that defense, which is not a great place to have that hole. Um oh. Well, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how the breakdown of the handoffs go with um between Montgomery Davis and um, Tariq Cohen, or you know maybe even if Cordero Patterson gets in on the running back mix a little bit, who knows how he'll be used? That's a big question mark too. Heading into the season, exactly what they're going to do with Patterson? Probably a little bit of everything. Um, I heard this question posed on you know earlier. Um, what do you think the breakdown of carries is going to go for these three running backs? Who do you think is going to trickle it down? Who's going to get the most? Who's going to be get the second most? And then who will be the third? Well, I mean, at this point in the season, it's it's too early to tell. But I think for this game alone, I think Davis gets a lot. It's going to be close between Davis and Montgomery. I think at the end of the day, you're going to see very minimal carries unless it's later in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But you're going to see minimal carries with uh, Cordero. You'll get a couple. I think you're going to see a lot less of Cohen actually carrying the ball. Unless it's, like I said, unless it's later in the game, the defense is worn down, and you can run him right up the middle, and he's going to break off 60 yards you know, uh, at, at a cut. Uh, I just don't see a lot of actual carries for him. So... When you really break it down later on in the season, it's going to be Montgomery is going to be your one. I think, you know, um, Davis will be two and Cohen will be in there. I just think he gets a lot less carries this year. Yeah, and I would have to agree with that. I think you're probably going to see, I think you'll see the reception stay up for Cohen, but I think you're going to see the the uh, the handoffs go down. And Nagy even talked about it, how they'd like to try and preserve Cohen a little bit more this year and uh, limit his touches, which is fine because I think he's more of a the home run guy on your team who maybe you don't want to expose too much. And, you know, he's a smaller guy. You don't want him to get banged up too much. But I really think you're probably going to – I think you could see end up seeing a lot from David Montgomery right out the bat, um, you know, it's like you said, it's not it's not the greatest defense, you know. It's yep. the defense you're facing in week two is gonna be a bigger, much bigger challenge than it's gonna be in week one. That's not to overlook the Packers defense because as a whole, it's not bad. But you know, there there is right, and but there is just that glaring hole at inside linebacker that I think they're gonna try and you know, go right at. And I think, like you said, you're going to see that you're going to see Cohen in the passing game over the middle. You're going to probably see David Montgomery running right up the gut. Same with Mike Davis. So we'll see what happens. Um, like you said, I, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of handoffs to Cohen unless, you know, Nagy wants to, you know, play sideline to sideline and get, do the outside carries with some, with him, which could be another thing you might look at with, you know, the lack of speed on, in that middle linebacker core. But, you know, We'll see what happens. I think I think there's just a lot of question marks going on. There's all these new weapons, and you know it's going to be a play it by ear thing, and see how Nagy does it. And maybe you know he's going to play it by ear too, and just see how the game 
plays itself out. You know, you never know what's going to happen in these games. So, so I think it's going to be interesting. I wanted to throw this out there real quick. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he was, you know, I, I believed it too, is Matt Nagy's really good at scripting the first 10 plays of a game. And yeah. I think, I, I just thought this in my head. We were talking about how weak they are at middle linebacker. Could you see this happen quite a bit this week where like they walk out in their first couple 10 plays where say they're running up the middle or they're dropping the ball off to the middle of Cohen and all of a sudden you're going to see the Packers are going to have to adjust and they're going to drop down Amos in the box and like you just said it a few minutes ago you're going to see Allen Robinson go off the top right yeah you know cuz you're, blow- you're blowing all these plays up the middle and all of a sudden you're going to let Robinson blow right past Amos and bye-bye see you later touchdown for six I that I could see that could be yeah. within the, the realm of the first 10 plays for the bears this week is attack the middle, attack the middle, attack the middle. And once you see them drop down Amos, or I don't know if Savage is starting next to him this week or whatnot, you could see that, you know, if you're going to get a matchup where you're dropping that safety down and, and Robinson's got, I guess you probably have Alexander on him. You know, I, my Packers buddy's like, Oh, well, you know, Alexander's going to be on Robinson. You're going to have to watch out a little bit. And I was like, I'm sorry, Alexander's a good player, but he's not stopping in a one-on-one situation. He's not stopping Allen Robinson. So, right. yeah. I mean, this is, I cannot wait for this. This is going to be a very interesting game, Yeah, I will say it's, the least. Yeah, there is going to be those opportunities for big plays. And in this series over the last, you know, 10 years or so, we've seen a lot of big plays come out of these games. Most of them came on the side of the Packers. And the guy who was almost always responsible for those was Aaron Rodgers. So even after the great year of last year, the Bears going to the playoffs and, you know, beating Aaron Rodgers to clinch the NFC North, I will pose this question to you, Aaron. Are you still scared of Aaron Rodgers? Who? Who? Oh, who, oh, who yeah. is this Aaron Rodgers? We speak uh, that, that question, I will say no. Um, uh, he's older, he's slower, he's smart as hell. I will give him that. I mean, he threw the ball away a crap ton last year, and that is a smart maneuver to not throw the interception or the incompletion in, in the line of sight on the field. He made some smart moves by throwing a, out of bounds a lot, but no, I'm not entirely scared of him because he is one hit away from being injured every time now. Um, yeah. that's why I'm not scared of him. I, I just don't fear the fact that He's had these reoccurring injuries or these injuries that just keep coming up. I, you know, he, he's like I said, he's one hit away, one yeah. hit away from being done for several games or, you know, last year it was one hit and he had to go cry to his mom for a little bit and then come back and uh, rip our hearts out for, for one, one last chance. And that right there is why I will differ from you on this. I am still scared of Aaron Rodgers. I feel confident heading into week one, but I am still scared of Aaron Rodgers. We seen it in week one last year where the guy was dead. It was 20 to nothing bears. And all of a sudden you see the ghost emerge from the tunnel of Lambeau field and come back and absolutely shove the football down the bears throat. And I know that was a different team. That was Khalil Mack. on half a tank of gas. That was Roquan Smith without being a rookie, without a training camp, and all this and that. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers still did it to an NFL defense. And, you know, until the Bears can string together consecutive wins against this guy, I'm still going to be a little fearful of him. He is still Aaron Rodgers. He does still play at a high level. I think he gets up for Bears games more than any other game on the schedule. I believe that wholeheartedly. You know, he was throwing digs at the Bears last year before that game in Soldier Field, talking about all the success the Packers have had at Soldier Field over the last couple of years. And, I mean, he's not wrong. You know, this guy has tormented us more than any other player over these last 10 years, and it's not even close. So, and you even look at that game the Bears won last year. Like, they were in the backfield a lot, but that was still a six-point game. Like, you know, they were within one score. So, we'll see what happens. I think... I think this game might be the opportunity to change my answer here where the Bears could just come out and jump down the Packers' throat, beat Aaron Rodgers around a little bit. I won't be scared of Aaron Rodgers anymore. But um, for the time being, I 
just in the back of my mind, you always remember all the hard times and you're scared of them happening again. So I'm still a little bit scared of Aaron Rodgers. You know, and, and I could understand that, but I just want to echo the sentiment of the very infamous Peyton Manning, um, who has been resurrected this week um, in uh, the juices Aju. of, yeah, the, the juices of the uh, whatever, you know, the uh, Italian beef. And uh, guess what? Packers suck. Yeah, according, That's right. to our, according to my new favorite, um, I guess I could I could say he's a favorite now since he's going to rep that mustache and those glasses. Looks stellar with those. Glad to see that. Glad to say that to hear that he says the Packers suck because I agree. I do. I do understand your your fearfulness, but uh, new age, new team, and uh, we're gonna be out for blood this year. We are. Right. We are obsessed to be great, but we are chasing great this year. So we are going to go on to better things this year, and we are going to continue to take this division over for several years. I would hope. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that all sounds very great. And, you know, this team is uh, could be on the verge of something special, and there's no better team to try and start it off against with the team that's been your big brother over the last years quite a bit. I think, like, if you kind of look back at the Blackhawks, um, when they were beginning their run at becoming a dynasty, it was that they had to get over Detroit, you know, the Detroit Red Wings. It was constantly that. That was their big brother, and they had to get past them. And they did that in 2013 on the way to one of their cups. And I think this can kind of be the same thing. You have to get past Green Bay. If you can go 2-0 against them this year, that would be huge from a mental standpoint and would just also be huge from getting two wins in your division. Um, so that's going to be big. Let's let's beat the Packers. There isn't a better thing in football as a Bears fan than beating the Packers. That, that game last year when they won the North, was the best feel, one of the best feelings all year in a season full of good feelings. No, it wasn't one of the best. It was the best. Nothing was sweeter than that, in my <laughs> opinion. So let's go do it. And I think that's a good point where we can dive into you and I's predictions for the week. I'll let you take it first. Give me a little final score and a winner of Bears-Packers week one. So I had a question to pose to you that uh, I have suddenly, I will admit, just forgot. But, um, well, you know, we'll just move forward 10 because I feel stupid for it. But I wish I remember because it, it was something decent. But so I think it, it'll obviously be a lot closer than people would expect. I would uh, like to say maybe a good old 28 to 21 with the Bears winning. Um, you know, and I think it'll be a garbage time touchdown for Green Bay at the end to make it a little bit closer. Um, but. But yeah, that's that's what I got. Okay, yeah. And like you said, I, I think it's going to be closer than people think. This is still... Even the fact that it's Green Bay, and I think Green Bay is better than people are anticipating, it's week one. There's going to be a lot of kinks to work out. The Bears didn't play their guys in the, in the preseason, which I think is smart. But I don't think you can expect that offense to come out and be clicking on all cylinders. Um, so... I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be a very close game to open up the season. Um, I am going to say the Bears will beat the Packers 20-17, to 17, and they will beat the Packers on an Eddie Pinheiro game-winning field goal. Oh, I give it an applause to that. Real quick, I remember <laughs> – yeah, you could take that bow. <laughs> I will just say I remember my question real quick. So – I, this is just to throw this out there and it's not all sports. It's strictly football. Cause this is a huge debate every year that I see. Um, is there any, and you could even throw in all sports. I don't care. Is there any rivalry in, in football to you better than bears Packers? You know, to a bears fan. Absolutely not. It's, it's one of the oldest, it's the oldest rivalry in football. One of the oldest rivalries in sports. Um, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, you know, there are some really good ones in football, like Raven Steelers is phenomenal. Um, that one, that one used to run a little hotter, but it, it's still prevalent. There's, you know, there's some good ones. Um, all those years with um, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady when it was the Colts and the 
Patriots. I think that used to be a really good rivalry, especially for two teams that weren't even in the same division, but were seemingly playing each other every year because they were always, you know, first place in their division. So they just matched up every year. That was always a great one, too. Um, There's some other good ones, you know. I think Dallas and Philadelphia, Dallas and Philadelphia is a decent one too. Yeah. Um, with them both being good and you know seemingly most people hating the Cowboys, <laughs> so the, yeah, that's a really good one. But you know, I, Bears Packers, you know it. It's nothing's it's the better. Two charter franchises, you know. You know, and and the thing I was gonna say is, you know, that's the thing. I'm not doing it for bias standpoint. It's just the fact that there's no rivalry as old as this in football. There is no, if you really dive into these teams, they have both helped each other through these last 100 years to stay alive. The Bears helped keep the Packers alive back, I think it was like in the the 20s or 30s. They helped them stay alive. The Packers helped fund the Bears in the Great Depression to stay around. You've got, like, it's crazy that there's so much hate between the fans now when these organizations used to help each other. But yet again, I don't like those, you know, cheese heads up North, but that's, that's my standard. I just think this is the best rivalry hands down, nothing close. There's some good ones in football, but that's what I got. Like I said, I'm going 28, 21. I did want to say an Eddie Pinero win, uh, kick for the win, but I will let you take that one with the 20 to 17 win. I do think it'll be a little rusty in the start, but it'll be an interesting game. Uh, so like you, like I said, you said 20 to 17, I'm 28 to 21. Both of us have the bears winning though. Absolutely. And that's all that matters. And, you know, like you said, this is, this is going to be a, this is going to be a truly special night all around hundredth NFL season. You know, this is traditionally the Thursday night game is traditionally the defending champions and the NFL swayed away with that. They wanted bears Packers. They, the NFL told you what the best rivalry is in football because they put it on their, they put it on their biggest stage of the season and it's going to be a great one. Um, And I think it's truly an honor for the bears and for the city of Chicago to host this such an awesome event. They'll have all the stuff going on at Grant park. You know, the city of Chicago is just going to be ready to roll on Thursday and we're going to go out there. We're going to show them who the Kings of the North are, who were, who the Kings of the North were last year and still are. The Bears are going to go in there. We gave our predictions. They're going to beat the Packers. I think it's going to be a little – we both think it's going to be a little bit closer than everyone else might like. I hope that we're wrong in that regard. I hope the Bears go out there and win 42 to nothing. And But, you know, either way, the Bears are going to go in week one. They're going to win. They're going to be 1-0. and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are going to be on the losing note. And there's just no better way to kick off the NFL season. This is the road to the Super Bowl. The Bears are ready. We're ready, and the city of Chicago is ready to run through a wall. And uh, unless you have anything else, I th- all I got left to say is make sure that if you are going to the game on Thursday, we know that Buzz and Juice, and I think they said a couple other special guests, will be in the south lot tailgating. I'm not sure if they'll have the uh, on tap flag flying or whatnot, but they will be, you know, uh, they're tailgating during, you know, pregame. Make sure you go check that out. You know, hang out with those guys. They'll be, you know, doing everything they can to meet all the fans. Um, I know myself, I will be sitting at home, hopefully watching the game and enjoying a win. And that's all I got, Pat. Yeah. So, yeah, go out there, look for guys buzzing juice. They're always a good time. They may or may not have a couple beers with you. Um, that that does appear to be an RMO over here at On Tap. So go over there. They might there and- crack them. Yeah, they might. They might have one or two. They'll try one. So go over there, have a beer with those guys. Um, I'll imagine the bags will be out. You can go over there and probably lose to Juice. You know, that's <laughs> seemingly what most people go out and do when they play bags with him. But He's they're always a good play. time. Look out for them. Um, whether you're down at Soldier Field or you're watching from your couch, watching from a bar, or if you'll you'll be like me and listening on the radio at work and wanting to, you know, shoot yourself because you're not watching the game. Enjoy Bears Packers week one. It's going to be phenomenal. And that's all we got for our preview episode. Um, hope we got you guys ready to run through a wall. It's we're almost we're ticking down. It's about 40 hours right now. We can't wait. Me and Aaron are gleaming with excitement here as we record this at two o'clock in the morning. Nothing <laughs> better. And we're ready to go. We're going to beat Green Bay. Peyton Manning said it best. Packers suck. And that's all we got. Bear down.
Make sure everybody goes to ONTAP Sportsnet to check out all the articles on uh, all our Bear stuff this week. Go follow ONTAPSportsnet.com and Bears on Tap on Twitter. Everybody have a great night.